Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. And today we are hopping into the ever so fun topic of mm. church discipline. We yeah. get into what it is, some of the history of it, and when you should enact church discipline. Fun topic. Rob, when you were a kid, were you spanked with a spoon? Um, I think it was more so a larger paddle. I did have this, the wooden spoon, though. There you go. We're also going to talk about uh, NFL quarterbacks and Ben Roethlisberger and how that relates to Robert's life as a Steelers fan and myself as Tom Brady, uh, of course. So tune in. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. That was a smooth start to this thing. Very good. Way to go. Here we are again. On Back a Tuesday. at it. Snowy Back Tuesday. At it again with the white fans. Snowy Tuesday. We're recording remote. We eventually need to get in person for several reasons. It's nice just to hang out in person. It's also better to record Be in person because it, it's I better feel like together. Conversation's a little more normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, how's your day? Uh, good day. Got some more snow today. We, we didn't did. get as much up here as you guys got down there in the big city of Columbus and really? Southern Ohio got much more, I think. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, man. But so it's a slow, slow moving this morning. Cars, are, everyone's going slow, but yeah, good day. Yeah, I was meeting up with Ben Hello. this morning yeah. and oh, nearly got into an accident getting with on the ben. on-ramp. Mm. What'd no. you guys meet up? What'd you guys get breakfast or coffee or? Coffee. Crimson Cup. Coffee. Down in Worthington. Um, yeah, is good. there a reason you guys went to Worthington? It's kind of a middle ground. He's just really? a little bit south of that, and I'm a little north of it. Oh. Yeah. I think I don't... I thought I knew where he lives, but maybe he lives somewhere else than I thought he lived. But North London? Yeah. I thought that was over more, like, south of Westerville, not south of Worthington. It's kind of both. So he's okay. like... I think he's like less than 10 minutes from that spot. Okay. I'm probably 15 or so. When you drive to his house, do you get off 71 and go on 161? No. So you can go, you can take 71. Um, or you can just go down Route 3. This is great radio. I know. All of our listeners are loving this. Uh, anyway. So but my day was okay. It was, it, was, it was fine. You, Rob, how about you? Yeah, so far so good. So far so yeah. good. Yeah. Anything exciting happened this week other than... Tom Brady won another Super Bowl, which is kind of Tom a big deal. Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. I'm Way not, to go, Tom. I'm not a huge Tom Brady guy. I I'm happy do respect for him. him. He, he's I'm happy goat. for him. I'm not going to argue against that. But a, I, I have yeah. liked him more over the years. Yeah. Um, one, because he hasn't beaten the Steelers in the AFC Championship in the last few years. So it's, the go. wounds aren't as fresh. And two, um, he just seems to be like a nice guy he's a nice like, man love, loves his kids old guy in the locker room just like as soon as the game's over he's like wants to see his sons and like wants to see his kids wants to see his wife yeah um so i'm like ah cool like he's he's a nice dude he's the old so, guy that looks like he's like 25 still dude they were showing they were showing pictures of him um, throughout the years 25? like each of his football pictures um yeah. you have like a i don't know the nfl takes your picture and but over the years dude he has aged probably better than like anyone on the planet 
That and, guy has become more handsome and he looks like yeah. he's in better shape. And I'm like, what the heck? Which is similar to you, Rob. Um, <laughs> you have aged phenomenally well. We've talked about this before. I don't think we've talked about it on the radio, but Danielle and I have talked about this. We'll look at pictures of like all, all of us hanging out like 10 years ago. And Rob, gosh darn it, Rob hasn't aged a lick. You're That's like a fine wine, Rob. Just a fine wine. Well, <laughs> not that yeah. Rob drinks the wine. just got better. <laughs> yeah, listen, SBC. I haven't, um, I haven't touched a, a lick of alcohol. A lick of it. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Brady fan. Question for you, Rob. Uh, yeah. I, I throw that around pretty loosely. I mean, I root for him, and I'm, I'm glad he won. <laughs> Do you think Ben Roethlisberger is done? Is he done in Pittsburgh? No, nah, I think he's got one more year. Because is that a good decision? Like, sounds like this year they're trying to renegotiate his contract because he said essentially, and I'll answer your question, but he said essentially that he's willing to renegotiate his contract. Um, okay. He's not concerned about how much money he makes. He just wants to He just wants to play. How old is he? Uh, I think he turns 40 okay. this year, okay. I think. Um, so do I think it's a good decision? I think it's a good decision if they can figure out a running game. Okay. But if <laughs> so, they have to, <laughs> if they have to do what they did this year. If he has to do then, his job, then no, it's not. <laughs> well, if he has to throw the ball 60, 70 times a game, which is just crazy. Um then, I mean, it's just not going to work. It worked. It worked yeah. for the first eleven games. Yeah, people started to catch on. We were still able to squeak some out, but then at the end of the season, just things went off the yeah. rails because we just yeah. didn't have a running game. And I love James Conner, but I, we just need to figure something out. Well, Rob, um, this is our own life, sports. our own life, actually, at times it does go off, off the rails. rails right. Mm, this it, is a good transition. Right? So at times we do go off the rails and that is when we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us course correct, to help you know, us we were, we were talking come about back in line with Christ. We have been church. doing this podcast now for over three years, mm-hmm. which is bonkers. But um, it's moments like that with just golden transitions Yes, that, you know, somebody could tell me you've been doing this podcast for 30 years and I'd be like, <laughs> doggone it. You're probably right with transitions like that. I like to think I'm the Tom Brady of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our numbers really show it. <laughs> exactly. Got sponsors exactly. throwing so, themselves at yeah. us. I expect you making more money, or maybe I'm the Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Like I don't care about getting paid. <laughs> I'm just, just here, here for the love of the game. Just here for know? the love of the game. That's right. That's right. Anyway, Golly. we are talking about church discipline today, and yep. um, we, Robert and I, in our show prep, um, which isn't extensive. Let the, let the listener be informed about that. Um, that this isn't something we have a, a lot of experience with. And I have a limited experience with it in a, the, my previous place of employment um, by the church. So I wasn't like, <laughs> wasn't like some other, like, I was working the shop and the church came in. No, um, the other church I was uh, on staff with. Um, but yeah, it's nothing I've, I've not had to really go through um any real formal like church discipline and we'll get into what we mean by that in our church plant rob i don't think you have either so as lead nope. pastors we have not dealt with this um, but as christians we've seen it done and um, in some ways been a part of it yeah and honestly most most christians have probably seen some form of it done um, and we'll get into the stages there but yeah See, i so, might disagree with you on that rob well, I mean, you might, but I think I think once you people hear who are listening about, to this podcast and who are serious about their, f- I'm not, I'm not saying if you're listening to this, you're 
absolutely serious about your faith or only people who are serious about their faith listen to this podcast. No, you can say that. You can say that. <laughs> only those who listen to Zimbal Theology, actually. <laughs> no, but the point is, there are a lot of people who, who are just in probably nominal churches who do not have people asking them about their spiritual life yeah, or checking right. in or You're calling them right. out. Yeah. So, so I'm with you. It's it's definitely more common than we probably think at first, and you're gonna get to that. But it's uh, it's not as common as like everyone's experienced it. Don't yeah. mean to interrupt well, you there. We've so. really teased this thing. Um, we are. So <laughs> we were. Your all, thoughts on Brett Favre? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were we were Brett Favre, my guy. We were really surprised that we've never done an episode on this. Mm-hmm. I know that yeah. we've talked about it several times, but. I was looking through our archives and we have never done an episode devoted to church discipline. So excited to, if I wish we would have done more prep on it because it is an important topic, but this is what happens when um, you're juggling all kinds of responsibilities and yeah. got to get your recording in the day before. So that's right. all that to say, um, if we don't cover everything, then please just obviously, if you have any extra questions, reach out to us. But anyways, Rick, what yes. is church discipline? Mm. Well, um, so the church, as we'd say, like the body of Christ. So this is something that we would say happens in the local church. This isn't the universal church. This is a local church where believers are committed to one another. And there is a believer or a professing believer who's part of the church who is living in sin. Um, and there, and another brother or sister sees that and they approach them to, um, Encourage them to to repent of their sin and to follow Christ. Amen. So basically, it's one believer telling another believer or, or lovingly saying, "Hey, you need to repent from that sin, turn and follow Christ." Yeah. Um, formal definition. Oh, go ahead. That was the formal definition. No, <laughs> that, 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 that was that was that oh. was informal. It was great. It was a great yeah. informal definition. I formally I formally said it, so that made it <laughs> formal. <laughs> I'm going to read uh, a formal definition. <laughs> Do you have anything to say before I hop into that? I don't know why I'm on this show anymore. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Anyways, here we go. (laughs) Church discipline is divine authority delegated to the church by Jesus Christ to maintain order through the correction of persistently sinning church members for the good of those caught in sin, for the purity of the church, and for the glory of God. Yeah, I mean that that covers it too, I guess. You basically said that. That's I mean, I don't know what I did. Well, I don't know what they said that I didn't say. You, you may know? missed one or two words. Uh, but. but yeah, that's that's the idea. Like it's it's where we, we kind of use the, the funny transition of course correcting, but like that's kind of what it is. Like you're you're in life and you know, you're a believer, but you have allowed sin to kind of creep in, get its foot in the door, and your other brothers and sisters or a brother or sister in Christ know discovers that they know that and they're saying hey brother sister like this isn't what jesus has for you this isn't what it means to be a part of the the body of christ to be a follower of christ mm-hmm. and so they lovingly you know as you said because of the authority of the christ has given you know call them to repentance um and that happens and this is i think your point robert it happens all informally most of the time most of the yeah. time it's another brother or sister notices something and talks to you about it you're like oh dang and they noticed that, or maybe I didn't even notice that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And, and when we say discipline, so I mean, mm. you could call it church correction. Flesh that out, to, Rob. If you wanted to have course, like a, a nicer church term. Correction. Yeah. Because the term discipline comes with a lot of negative connotations. We, we try to use that term. 
church mm-hmm. discipline. We don't want to go away from it, but if you want to make it more palatable, depending on your context and who you're talking to, like feel free to call it church correction. But essentially, they're they're it's the so, so discipline. There are we've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, two forms of discipline. There's formative mm-hmm. discipline where we're forming habits and disciplines in our life. These are like the spiritual disciplines. I'm disciplined. I, I read the scriptures. I come before the Lord in prayer, memorize scripture. I fast. I fill in the blank. The mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines, those are helping to form healthy habits and, and rhythms in our life so that we can cultivate a flourishing relationship with Christ. And then the corrective discipline, which is mm-hmm. what we're talking about with church discipline, is just brothers and sisters in Christ correcting one another when we seem to go in a way that's contrary and live in a way that's contrary to our profession of faith. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I think people have negative connotations with it, which some of these are are understandable, um, is they've experienced bad church discipline. They've been in churches where, you know, it's just one guy, just one pastor who's like, yep, this person needs discipline. We're disciplining them. Um, it can feel very, very unloving. Like, mm. you know, uh, church leaders are supposed to shepherd their people. And so church discipline should look and feel like a shepherding thing. And people yeah. don't see that. Um, but we also live in a very individualistic society. So it's kind of like, well, that's, that's between God and I, and I don't need to you know, address the church. I don't need to answer to the pastor for that uh, or another brother or sister. That's not their business. Yep. When in reality, like our sanctification in a local church is everyone's business, to be honest. Um, and we believe the local Christ gave the local church the authority to do that. And we see that in Matthew um, chapter 16, where Jesus you know, was talking with the disciples, says to Peter, who, who do they say that I am? And Peter um makes this profession. He says, you are the Messiah. This is verse 16 of chapter 16 in Matthew. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal us to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, bound on earth. Sorry, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Yeah. So this this is a couple clarifying points. One, he's not saying oh, Peter on you, the person I'm going to build my church. He's saying Peter on this confession, on this confession that that I am the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. On this confession, I will build my church, and I will give my church these keys, the the authority to bind and loosen them. We would say that is the authority Christ has given to his church to graciously and lovingly perform church discipline. Yeah. Um, Rob, kind of talk through just the stages of the, or the process of what that, from very informal to, to formal to finality, if you will. Yeah. Of church discipline yeah um so you, I mean, you just mentioned matthew 16 where christ gives the keys to the kingdom to those who make a right profession of who mm-hmm. he is that he is the son of the living god he's the messiah and that's the the gospel what that mm-hmm. this is who jesus is this is what the gospel is that god has come in the flesh and provided um, atonement for our sin so that anyone who would repent and believe would have their sins taken away and be attributed Christ's righteousness. And so now 
he gives the keys to the gospel who? The people who affirm that what? That gospel what? And um, he, in Matthew 18, starting in verse 15, he kind of lays out this process of, hey, somebody sins against you. Here's what to do. Here's how you as the people of God are to go about this. If someone claims to be a follower of me and lives in a way that shows that they are more affiliated and um, that they love their their sin more than they love me, then mm-hmm. here's what you are to do. So Matthew 18, I'm going to read starting in verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. So step one, between you and them alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. And so that right there um, is a throwback to Deuteronomy 19, uh, verse 15, where saying uh, to establish an accusation, you need to take more than just yourself. You need to bring one or two others with you. So there are two or three witnesses to establish this charge. And so step one, you go one-on-one, you and them. Hey, brother, I feel like you sinned against me. If you win them over, great. If not, then take one or two others so that they can be the arbiters to say, is this person in the wrong or are you just making a stink out of nothing? And so um, if he doesn't then, start, now I'm picking back up in verse 17, if he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector to you. So before I go any further, so we see the first step, one-on-one. Second step, you and that individual plus one or two others. So it's then one-on-two or three. So it can be established. And then if that doesn't work, then tell it to the church so that the church Mm -hmm. can then call that person to repentance. Hey, you're one brother or sister, um, feels like you've sinned against them. They've brought others who have affirmed, yes, you have sinned against them. Um, they've all called you to repentance. You're not willing to do it. It's not us as the body of Christ. Um, for your good, for our good, we are calling you to, to repent because a characteristic of a follower of Jesus is that they are repenting mm-hmm. and they are fighting against their sin. And you don't seem to be fighting against the sin. You seem to be defending it. So. That doesn't seem to be consistent with following after Christ. So please turn back and follow after him, repent of that sin. And if that doesn't work, we see this, um, to treat him like a Gentile and tax collector. So essentially to say, hey, Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to now treat you as someone who is outside of the family of God. Doesn't mean that we're not going to interact with you, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to extend all of the privileges of um, being a brother or a sister. And and then in verse 18, it says the similar passage, Rick, that, that you read in chapter 16, um, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter, that you pray for will be done for you by my Father in heaven, for we're two or three gathered together in my name. I am there among them. And so there's that binding and loosing again Mm -hmm. with the keys of the kingdom. 
Hey guys, just wanted to break away from the riveting action to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible. The CSB Holy Land Illustrated Bible is a visually immersive reading experience featuring over 1,100 images, maps, and illustrations to provide a greater insight and understanding of the people, the places, and the things of Scripture. Uh, Book-specific introductions provide the setting and circumstances of writing for each book, and every image includes a descriptive caption to help the reader better understand what is pictured. Also included are over 275 full-length commentary articles, over 40 digging deeper call-outs, which are placed strategically throughout the Bible for further exploration. So if you are interested in picking one of these up, we have a copy. It is awesome. Highly recommend. Go over to csbholylandillustratedbible.com. Yeah, and I think it's—I just want to focus in on one point there that that you made about the— treating them as a tax collector um, in the sense that this isn't, you know, um, you kick them out and you shun them. This isn't a shunning, uh, um, you know, you're not welcome in our presence. Um, this is a, you at this point, you don't have the confidence that they're still a believer is what they're yeah. saying. So, so you treat them as a, you want an unbeliever. You love them, you pray for them, you uh, evangelize them, you try to show them Christ, um, yeah. you do point not them push the them away. You, exactly, you point them to the gospel. That's a great Yeah, and, and so when, to elaborate, I'm glad you are elaborating on that. So to elaborate... Um, I'm, I'm glad you're elaborating on it. You know what, I'm glad we are elaborating. Is there, a, is there a plural for elaborate? Elab- elaborate. Elaborate. <laughs> it's the Latin. <laughs> Elaborates. There you go. I don't know. Let us elaborate uh, on the collaborate. Collaborate on the elaborate. Let's do that. So, anyways, I don't know the um, the privileges. Yeah. So the the primary privilege that is going to be retracted isn't even the the fellowship. I mean that that is one of them, mm-hmm. but the primary one is going to be admittance to the Lord's Supper. Yeah. That's where we get the term excommunication. So it's not to say that they're no longer allowed to be at the church. It's no long, it's not, we're not saying that they can no longer attend church. In fact, church, there's nowhere we'd rather them be than in a place where the gospel is going to be proclaimed and they're going to be reminded that anyone who would repent would have their sin forgiven and they'd be welcome into the family of God. But the two ordinances that the Lord has given his church, mm-hmm. baptism and the Lord's Supper, both are for the church to say, Yes, you seem to be a follower of Jesus. Your proclamation with your words match your practice Mm -hmm. with your deeds. And so therefore, we as a church are willing to baptize you. That's the initial ordinance. And then the ongoing with the Lord's Supper is saying, yep, you still seem to be a follower of Jesus. There's no unrepentant sin to our knowledge. You're not under church discipline. So therefore, come to the table and enjoy the family meal as one who is part of the family. If the church has to say, we we can no longer affirm your statement of faith, we can no longer mm-hmm. affirm that you are a believer based off your actions, then they shouldn't extend that privilege of being at the Lord's Supper. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's good. That, that would be one of the things that we'd want to point out with regard to one of the benefits, and in fact, mm-hmm. the primary benefit that would be taken mm-hmm. away. 
Yeah. So, so church discipline is a very difficult thing. Um, we can we can lay out you know kind of clear examples and lines, but the reality, is, like any relationship, it is a very difficult thing that we have to navigate with patience and with wisdom, um, and with discernment, always being guided by love and with the desire to shepherd the church. Um, and so, I would say to pastors, obviously, enter into that very wise in a wise way, with counsel. Um, Don't shy away from it, but don't be eager, I think, to do it. Be eager for the holiness of the church, the purity of the church, um, but don't be eager to be, to, you know, excommunicate and to perform all those formal formal church disciplines. But at the same time, do not shy away from that. That's your responsibility and your duty. And to the church member, um, this is your responsibility as well, because it's not shouldn't be, in my opinion, just a pastor who's doing all these things. It's part of the body to shepherd, um, encourage, and to build up as well. So, And we see this in the New Testament, too. We, we, there's examples of church discipline in the New Testament. Yeah. What would be—so, I can jump I can jump in here. I think yeah. that's what you're doing. You were probably setting yeah. me up for that, weren't you? I was. You got it. You know, it's okay. I know. So I'm the this. Tom Brady. You're Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I get it. It's okay. That's basically what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well done, no, Rob. Way to pick up on that. Um, so, so what's next? <laughs> Rob, why don't you go ahead and read for us 1 Corinthians 5. Rob, do you got a think... Bible handy? <laughs> if you do, sword drill. Go to 1 Corinthians 5. So we see this in 1 Corinthians 5 uh, where um, Paul is writing to these Corinthians and he is sharing um, something that's come to his attention. Mm-hmm. And... He says, um, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and the kind of sexual immorality that is not even tolerated among the Gentiles. So Paul's like, dude, there's some weird sexual stuff going on. And this is the kind of stuff that isn't acceptable within Christian circles, us walking in righteousness. Um, But it's not even accepted in those who aren't too concerned about righteousness. So this is some serious Mm -hmm. stuff. And he says, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. So initially you might think his mother, but the, uh, the way that the terminology is used there, we'd expect that to be his, his stepmom, so to speak. Um, otherwise, Paul probably would have said mother. So this individual is sleeping with his stepmom. And Paul says this, he says, and you are arrogant. Shouldn't you be filled with grief and remove from your congregation the one who did this? Even though I am absent in the body, I am present in spirit. Mm. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who has been doing such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, hand that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Mm. So Paul saying, hey, this person is clearly an unrepentant sin mm-hmm. and it's it's very public sin yeah um and, and one of the things that we have to do as as christians is to determine what merits church discipline mm-hmm. um and we can get into that here in, in a little bit but for sake of finishing this passage here paul is saying that this individual is unrepentant so therefore you as the church need to step in and you need to remove this person from your number. So yeah. he's, he's saying, as the church, you have the responsibility to do this. The, the keys mm-hmm. 
are in the hands of the church, not just the the single pastor yeah. or just the elders. It's in the hands of the church to remove yeah. this person. No, that's great. And we see a kind of a follow-up with that in 2 Corinthians 2, where yeah. where the, he's writing to the church, and he's saying, listen, um, in verse 6, this punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. Like, he's gone, he's gone through the church discipline, he's repentant, bring him back into fellowship, like restore this yeah. brother, um, so which is a guy, beautiful, beautiful picture. Yeah. The guy that was partaking in this, the church did that, mm-hmm. and we see that he repented. And and ultimately it should it should be said that ultimately church discipline is is not there to just make a public statement of like hey we don't agree with this so be gone yeah it's it's ultimately redemptive yes it's to say hey we we want this to end in you repenting and us yeah. bringing you back in this is not at all us trying to do away with you it's mm-hmm. us being concerned and. and we hope this isn't the last word. We hope the last word is you being brought back in. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I think one of the most important things that people understand if, if they're going through this process and understand about the process is that this process is driven by two things, and that is the love for the brother or sister who is in sin. Like, we genuinely love you so much. Like we genuinely care, genuinely care so much about you that we're going to have hard, awkward conversations. We're going to do something very so foreign, so foreign to our culture. We're going to get a group of people and we're going to share that with them so they can pray. And so that like, because we love you. So that's, that's, has to be communicated. Well, it doesn't, you can't control how they receive that, but that needs to be clear if you're as a leader and as to the church itself. And then the second reason is we care so much about the purity of the church, right? Yeah. So, so we know the church is made up of sinners. That's all the church is made up of. Like literally, um, it has people who who have sinned, and for those who are alive right now, who will sin until Christ comes back. So, but Christ is purifying His bride, and so we strive for that. And so, the same way we love that brother or sister, we love our other brothers and sisters, and we want to fight for their purity and protect them, and protect uh, the church. So. Yeah, it's a hard absolutely. thing to do, but but it's it's vital for the yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, for the good of the center, for the good of the church. Um, you may have covered this, and I may have zoned yeah. out, but for the good of outsiders as well. Mm. And just yeah. for the sake of, I mean, yeah. we've, we've heard plenty of people say like, "Oh, yeah, that person they claim to be a Christian. I know they do this, this, and this, and they're a deacon at their church, or they're serving in the, they're leading this ministry, or whatever." Like, church has those people. Like, I don't need to go to church, and mm-hmm. it's it's a stain on, on the name of Christ. And so yeah. it's also, we also do church discipline for yeah. the sake of outsiders who are looking yeah. in so that they may, they may not say of us that we are cozy with sin. Mm. Um, yeah. we, we don't, we don't want to embrace, um, sin or wickedness or, um, anything that the Lord would, um, disapprove of. And then ultimately by doing those things, it preserves the glory of God. Not that, I mean, the Lord will be glorified regardless. Mm-hmm. However, He is He is glorified when we um, exalt righteousness and we we judge sin um, yeah. in a way that He has prescribed. So, um, one of the things that I think is helpful is um, Jonathan Lehman, who's written about this, would definitely recommend if you are interested in this topic and you want to dig a little more. I would highly recommend two books by Jonathan Lehman. He's written more than that on this topic, but two very accessible 
small books. First one is By the understanding. Same name. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah. The first one is understanding church discipline. That's the smaller of the two, and it's mm-hmm. very small. And the next one is church discipline. So, and that that's a small one, but it is st- still slightly bigger than the other one. I think the one's like eighty pages, and the other one's like fifty-five. So easy. I stuff wonder why he to, wrote two different books with like thirty-page difference. I think it's because they had different. Um, series. I think a lot of it was pulled from the first one, gotcha. the larger one. Gotcha. So all that to say, I highly recommend jumping in there. But mm-hmm. some, one of the things that he recommends when it comes to discerning what is worthy of church discipline, um, of course, we want to encourage one another to walk in righteousness. But will we um, publicly, so to speak, um, whether that's public to the members or if it ends up getting out and being public in the public sphere, remove somebody from the church, mm-hmm. church membership, because again, yeah. there's nowhere else we'd rather than be than there at the gathering to hear the gospel. Very limited cases would we ever say, like, you're not allowed to gather with us anymore. Um, that would probably be if there was physical harm that might be going on. So like an abusive husband or something like that might say, hey, it'd be best if you weren't here. Yeah. Um, Anyways. What, Titus 2, a, a very divisive person, right? Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. There's, there's another divisive. One. We deal with yeah. that. But um, that was a little bit of a tangent, but Lehman recommends that. Is it when, tangent or tangent? Tangent, I believe. Uh, I believe. Which one's the math term? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, does somebody better at math than me. Oh, so you're good at math? Were you good at math? Yeah. should ask Riley. Riley knows there right now. There you go. There you go. Riley, text us when you hear this. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, do that. When, when to do church discipline, he gives three filters. And he says, when it is outward, so there's a difference between someone who has um, stolen from their company and someone who wrestles with anxiety. So if you've stolen, if you've embezzled money, like that, that's a public thing. If you've had an affair, that's, an, that's a public thing. If you are lying and it's coming to light, that's a public thing. People can point and say, yes, we see this. We can mm-hmm. see um, that this person has transgressed in this area. It's more difficult to say, hey, Rick really struggles with anxiety. Rick really struggles with um, doubt and say, we're going to discipline for those reasons. So Lehman recommends um, it being outward, um, it being egregious. So um, if essentially, Rick, if you had a white, like a little white lie, we mm-hmm. wouldn't swiftly move into church discipline. Um, yeah. Hopefully I, appreci- that's I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. And then the third one uh, was that is unrepentant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to where you can say clearly this person has sinned. There's no yeah. like, there's there's really very little debate here. It's yeah. it's outward. We see it and it's egregious. Like this is yeah. pretty significant. Um, mm-hmm. So we really need to address this person about it. And they don't seem to be repentant. So those three things are three helpful um, filters that he has recommended for stepping into church discipline. And of course there are exceptions to every rule, but just a helpful guide. Yeah, no, that is helpful. It's such a big thing. You need some help with thinking through those things and just wisdom on that. Rob, for people who are hearing this, people who've been in church, maybe they've seen these things. They, what are like some, some common um, arguments against church discipline, right? So people who, again, who've maybe had a bad experience, um, they might say like, Hey, this is actually not loving. Or yep. they might say, um, we're not being patient, which can be 
two sides of the same coin almost. You're not being loving with someone or you're not patient enough with them. You're too quick to move to the next level. What would you say to that? So to the first one, Mm -hmm. it not being loving, um, would want to ask that, that brother, what's more loving? Is it more loving to let this person live in their sin in their unrepentant sin Mm. and think that they're okay with God when in reality they are not? Um, or is it more loving to to bring it up so that they may be convicted by the Holy Spirit and may repent? Yeah. Um, to the not patient one, I'd say, man, like if you're using patience as an excuse not to shepherd your people, then you're you're being an unfaithful shepherd. Um, and that's coming from me, who's who's a people pleaser. Like mm. it is so easy for me to come up with an excuse not to enter into conflict. Yeah, and so. I feel that one. Like, hey, just be patient. Trust in the Lord's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. He's going to work. Like, you just keep preaching the gospel. They're going to get it. Um, yeah. But, but we need to trust I and mean, we need to be patient. But we also first, even before our patience, we need to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And a faithful shepherd is one that yeah. engages in this. Yeah. No, I think those are great answers. I would add to that. Hopefully, um, we've been as like literally very very loving as a church and hopefully we've been very very patient you know Mm -hmm. you can say like we have been patient we have tried we have strived we've we've prayed for this brother we've fasted for this brother or sister um you know so yeah so another one oh well and, and real quick to clarify clarify um like the church discipline there there were those four steps there mm-hmm. right the one on one the yep. one on two or three mm-hmm. the church and then then removal yeah so when i say patient um like or when you say patient mm-hmm. um i think you're referring to that final step like we're not going to rush in and just immediately remove somebody right. and then when i say um patient we could be referring to that first step like, hey, that, that first step needs to happen. And then right. to get from that first step to that last step, we should definitely have plenty of patience. Yeah. One of the things in our bylaws that we've said at our church is that if we if we do bring it to the church, so there's already weeks or months of work. Yeah. And, and to be honest, in, up to in some church, like not some, I'd probably say a lot of church discipline cases, we're talking about months and years yes. where people have like, because maybe they've repented and they've show that they truly didn't repent and so it's it's a long process usually yep Yep. sorry no that's good um and then um shucks i'm trying to remember sorry apology accepted man you 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 Um, forgave me so don't act like you didn't okay our bylaws (laughs) our 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 bylaws um so if it does come before the church then a decision can't be made right then they would go on um, like a care list to say, hey, like mm-hmm. pray for this person. If you see this person, call them to repentance. Yeah. And then if there is zero repentance, then at the next member meeting, which is yeah. two months from now, then we can vote on this. However, and, the first time it's brought up to the to the church is not going to be the time that it's going to be voted on. And you said, um, correct me if I'm wrong about your bylaws, but like if they give over a certain percentage of the church budget, then it's okay. Right. Yeah. So oh, like, yeah, for sure. If, if they're giving like if like over fifteen percent of the church budget or ten percent of the church budget comes from that person, then, then we just like, exercise extra patience right, and extra just never patience. really talk right. to them about that. Yeah. 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 They're on a special of care course. list. <laughs> of course. 
<laughs> just kidding. Please don't uh, take that seriously. You think someone so, would? You think someone like heard that? Like, I'm sure oh my somebody gosh. would. You think they wow, really do these that? guys? No, but I guarantee you there's, I mean, obviously there's probably churches where that's the reality. It's like, oh, we can't discipline so and so. reality. Because there are churches here in Columbus where that's the reality. Pumping. Hopefully Anyways. not in Westerville. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so so it is a hard thing. And another argument that people bring up against church discipline, um, and not completely, r- or not wrongfully so all the time, is that it can feel like a power play. Hmm. It can feel like there's a person in the church who is difficult, or you know they're they're quick to share their opinions, and the leadership's tired of it, so now they're going to like, ah, hey, this person's being rebellious, we're going to discipline them for that. Or... This is why we believe in the plurality of elders, multiple elders. Like, it's not just one person, as you said earlier, earlier, Robert. It's not one yep. person making a decision. Uh, it's, it's a plurality of elders that then actually takes it to the congregation. Mm-hmm. And, and our, as a Baptist model, or um, takes it to the congregation, as, or I should say a congregational model. The congregation then deals with it. It's not a... One man at the top, um, and obviously the the pastor is going to use wisdom with those things, but it's not his solely their call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and again, everything's yeah. it's all difficult. There's, it's never really black and white in these things. Yeah, it all. I mean, it all. And it's nuanced. Our attitude in all of it should be a attitude of gentleness. I mean, Galatians yeah. six one, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a yeah. spirit of gentleness. Yeah. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So, I mean, this whole thing is not meant to be a, a power play. It's not meant to be aggressive. It's meant to be very gentle yeah. um, and very loving. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, real quick, I'm going to read a few paragraphs from Allison's, Greg Allison's Sojourners and Strangers. paragraphs. Pull up. Because for many... Um, this feels like a new thing, um, whereas we would we would root it in Scripture. We see it very clearly yeah. in First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. We see it in Matthew sixteen and eighteen. Um, but then there's also a rich history of it in the church. And um, Al Muller has said that uh, the doctrine of church discipline is perhaps the most visible failure of the contemporary church. The doctrine of church discipline is perhaps the most visible failure of the contemporary church. And mm-hmm. so he says contemporary church there. So we kind of have to think through, okay, what, what does, how did this work in the historical church? So Greg Allison um, writes this in chapter six of Sojourners and Strangers. He says, at the time of the Reformation, church discipline played an important role in Protestant churches. Martin Luther considered the exercise of church discipline to be one of the seven marks of the true church. Turning to Jesus' instructions about church discipline, he stated, Fourth, God's people, or holy Christians, are recognized by the office of the keys exercised publicly. That is, as Christ decrees in Matthew, if a Christian sins, he should be reproved. If he does not mend his ways, he should be bound in his sin and cast out. If he does mend his ways... He should be absolved. That is the office of the keys. Luther called for careful and proper use of church discipline, depending on the tender conscience or stubborn heart of the sinning believer. He also blasted the misuse of the keys by the Pope. For Luther, the true church exercises discipline rightly in order to bring back fallen sinners. Though John Calvin did not consider the exercise of church discipline to be a mark of the true church, he dedicated considerable discussion to it. 
as noted in the preceding chapter, he was particularly incensed by so-called Christians who left the church. Church discipline was a hallmark of the churches in Calvin's Geneva, as the pastors and elders met together weekly on Thursdays to undertake its exercise. Following Calvin, some Reformed statements of faith, for example, the 39 Articles of the Anglican Church, continued to list two marks of the church, the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments, while others, for example, the Belgic Confession of Faith and the Scottish Confession of Faith, expanded the list to include the third mark of church discipline. This rich legacy of church discipline continued to be honored in many churches until the beginning of the 20th century. Greg Wills notes that a serious decline in its practice set in around that, set in around that time a decline from which evangelical churches continue to suffer. So. Sorry, I forgot. I thought I was listening to an audible, audible book. You're, oh, man. You're so good don't, at that. Don't make me blush. But yeah, I mean, Greg Allison goes through church history. I picked up at the part with the Reformation, but there's, no, a, there's a rich a rich legacy, a rich history of the church um, yeah. of God acting in a way to ensure that the gospel was protected and Christ's name was honored. Absolutely, and it's it's good for us to remember again that this is a as a practice for um, for our for our benefit as as church members and for the individual's benefit as well. This is not in any it should not be any kind of like hey we're just showboating our authority or we're just we're super legalistic and we just kick people out. We're known as that really strict church, you know. Yeah. This is um, not at all. This is um, a. a a good and right thing that we see all throughout church history, um, as the quote said, like we're we're dec- we see a decline in that a lot, and so the church does suffer from that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's and, it's a great word. And I think I want to I want to like be sensitive to some some pastors who might say, well, if we do church discipline, mm-hmm. um, if we enact it on Johnny or Jane. Why is it always getting Johnny? I know, poor Johnny. He's poor always Johnny. getting bad rap. Um, then here's what's going to happen. As soon as we talk to him, they're just going to leave mm-hmm. and go to a different church. And I'm not convinced that the gospel will be preached there. So I want to I want to continue to preach the gospel and continue to have a say in this person's life. Otherwise, they're just going to leave and I'm going to lose any any stock that I had with them, so to speak. Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, I think their heart is definitely in the right spot. Like I understand your desire to to keep them at least they're coming, at least they're somewhat apart. Um yeah. but we would say as scripture says very clearly that those who continue in unrepentance um there is that's not the way of the Christian. Right? Yeah. Believers repent and they continue to repent. And so the best thing we can do for their soul is to bring that sin to light into and to be obedient to Scripture, right? So yeah. we're calling them to be obedient to Scripture. We have to be obedient to Scripture. This is what Scripture tells us to do. Um, it's the best thing. It is the best thing for their soul because ultimately, I cannot answer. I will I, as a as a pastor. I will have to stand and give an account, as Hebrews tells us. Um, and so I, I don't want to say, well, I didn't want him to go to another church. I didn't want him to be put off. Um, rather, I wanted to just show him kindness and love. And the reality is that the most kind, loving thing we could do, just as a parent does with their child, is to do the hard thing of discipline. Um, yeah. And then you trust the Lord. You genuinely trust the Lord's sovereignty in, in that. 
Yeah, I remember talking with you. Um, cause did I have a better Will... answer before? <laughs> no, that, that was a good one. I'm just elaborating even oh, more okay. so because uh, you gave a really good illustration. But we were talking about disciplining our kids. You with mm. Will, me with Finley, and you brought something up and you said, "You said, yeah, like you feel bad." However, and and your words were or something like this. You said it could literally be a matter of life and death because if he doesn't listen to me and he starts to run out into the front yard towards the road and I tell him to stop Mm -hmm. and he is so trained to not stop when I tell him to, if he has not been disciplined to stop when I do tell him to, then he could run right into the road and it Mm -hmm. could literally end his life. And, And that's a good illustration of, of church discipline. Like we are, we are called to do this because it is a matter of life and death, if you yeah. go on in unrepentant sin, then it, it's evidence that you are not, in fact, a yeah. follower of Jesus. And as brothers and sisters, we are called to to watch over one another and to encourage one another towards faithfulness. So if we love one another, we must do church discipline in a loving and gentle way. Amen. Here, here. You're here. So with that. Right. Anything else? That's it. It's been a long episode. I know. Thank you guys for listening. I just want to say, do we have any listener requests, voicemails? Have you checked those the last year? (laughs) Um, At all this year? Like within the last month, and um, we did not have any voicemails. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 614-233-1098. Again, 614-233-1098. You can hit us up at on social media, on mm-hmm. Instagram at Simple Theology Pod, Facebook.com slash Simple Theology, or if you want to hop on Twitter, you can do hashtag Simple Theology Pod. You can email us at info at Simple Theology dot org. Yeah, please, um, by all means, do those things. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners, hearing requests, encouragement. Yep. Um Head on over to the old iTunes shop. Leave us a rating, a good old five-star rating and review. Um, yeah, please. As well mm-hmm. as uh, Spotify. I think most listeners actually listen on Spotify. Can, um, I don't know if you can leave ratings on Spotify, can you? I don't know. I don't know either. Just do it anyway. Go over there right. and rate it. Um, and hey, if you want to buy us a coffee, you can do that. Go to our website, simpletheology.org. In the bottom right, you'll see a little yellow icon. You can buy us a coffee, which we would be very grateful for. We'd literally use it for coffee because that's what we'd use it for. Coffee or other things. No, I'm I would I'm opting for coffee, but but I can't control all those things. You guys want to make a, a head into an executive uh, session and decide executive what we're gonna. <laughs> but anyway, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, week after week. Rob and I were just talking about it's been three years, right around this time. Crazy, um, which is bananas. Someone said three years ago that this podcast is going to go for three years. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. We definitely appreciate you guys so much. Peace, Peace out. <laughs>